beautiful people and you fucking nerds, this is the Rated Par Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Parr, a.k.a. Rated Par, and with me today is... Jordy Rose. Yes! One of my good friends, fellow nerd, one of my favorite people to watch movies with. Happy to do so. <laughs> uh, when did we first start? I think it was... I, I, I've told it, we've told the story before to people, Yeah. but I think the first time we went and saw a movie together was like 2007 2007 i think it was was it watchman or spider-man 3 i think it was i think it was watchman because spider-man 3 came out while i was still in victoria uh watchman came out at the end of the summer i'm fairly sure i could be wrong on that one but watchman was definitely a movie that i saw in theaters and i remember it being a really impactful film especially with us of that nerd culture, wanting to make sure that we had something that we could watch and really enjoy. Yeah, because I, I can't remember. I remember because it was when we when I first met Taylor Milne, who's a good friend of yours, mm-hmm. and that we went and I met him. It was either Watchmen or Spider Man Three. When you fucking lined up for films, still. Yeah. Back in that day, dude. Back in the day when he used to go there at noon on a Thursday. Get in line, comic books at the ready, Pokemon on a Game Boy Advance, <laughs> and then sat there for 12 hours waiting in line for us. I wonder if it was even... No, it wouldn't have been Iron Man, but that was, 2000, that was 2008. Yeah. So that was after, yeah. So yeah, I'm not sure. I, I think it was Watchmen. Yeah. I don't remember lining up that much for Spider-Man 3, but I could be wrong. I remember lining up... Uh, Watchmen, I remember lining up for spider like. I think it was Spider-Man 3 because I remember waiting in line to see that and it it was a midnight screening. I think I got there at 9 and Taylor was the only one in the lineup also reading a comic book. Yeah. And he was like two rows ahead of me or I think I was watching something like a tablet or a phone or or my laptop or something. I was watching like the other Spider-Man movies and he was like, oh, you're watching those? That's so cool. Like, what are you watching? What are you reading? And we just like kind of hit it off from then and then you guys popped in later. I think you showed up. It like very much might day. have been. I had a feeling. I think I remember vaguely seeing Spider-Man 3 in theaters. Um, but I may have been... I was not drunk at the time because I was not <laughs> 19 years old. No, no, no I was never not. Do that. Never do that. But I may have remembered showing up uh, not feeling quite myself. So I just might not remember that <laughs> exactly as much as I thought I would. I remember I had... I think I had my mom... Cause she used to make me costumes back when I was a little kid, and I was so stoked for Spider-Man Three because it was the first Venom appearance. Yeah, there was a lot of hype after Spider-Man Two came out because it was the biggest and best comic book movie we had to that date. Was Spider-Man Two by far? Yeah. Like there wasn't even anything in the same ballpark. It was literally Spider-Man, Spider-Man Two, every other comic book movie that has ever come out to that. <laughs> point. Yeah, and there was a lot of hype around it, and wow, were we disappointed! Oh. But emo parker fuck you topher oh grace my God. literally the fall of topher grace was that movie <laughs> just he was in that and then he was in what like oh a, he was in predator don't forget he was the psycho predator uh, yeah i remember they did they did a, before this new predator movie that's coming out they did another predator reboot where they gathered all these random killers and like dropped them off in a random predator world. You don't, you haven't seen it. I have no it idea. Stars what you're Adrian about right Brody now. and he's all, <laughs> and he's all jacked. The piano star is all jacked and killing predators. But anyway, oh my god, they like gather all these different kinds of killers, and then Topher Grace is there with them, and he seems like a normal run in the mill dude who's like, I don't know why I'm here. Like I, I wouldn't kill anyone. It turns out he's a doctor, but who's uh, obsessed with like murdering his patients. Like, like killing them with poison and like okay. euthanizing them. and Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I definitely don't remember that. I'm with the rest of you on that one. He's explaining <laughs> me that I'm pretty sure doesn't exist. But, you know, Topher Grace, he, he, he's, a, he's a douche. So, anyway, long story short, we've known each other for a while. And we both really are passionate about movies. So, what this segment is, is a podcast episode, also a vlog episode if you watch it on the interwebs or if you listen to it on the interwebs uh this is part of the rated par podcast also the rated par blog and this segment we've been debating what it's being called i was calling it flick chart debates but i think the title is officially going to be versus so what the concept is for this piece of content is there is a website called flick chart and what flick chart does 
is it tries to aggregate a top 20 movie list for you. And how it does this is it pits very amazing, wildly regarded films against each other and makes you pick between the two. It goes through so much varied content because it's trying to find out what types of movies you like more than others, uh, whether you like action movies more, animated movies more, whatever. Then out of all of the picks you do over long periods of time, it aggregates your top 20 picks. But sometimes the choices that you have to pick are so fucking hard that it spurs a lot of debate between which ones are better and which ones aren't. So what me and Jordy are gonna do is we're going to pick these movies out in real time. We're gonna go through the choices that the website offers us up until we get to a film pairing that we are both divisive on and then we will debate said films and see which one comes out on top. So let's get it started. First episode of Versus with Rated Par and G-Rose. G-Rose. And the first pairing is The Terminator 1984 versus There Will Be Blood 2007. Now, right off the bat, I'm going to think Terminator. Terminator for me as well. Geek culture, uh, everything that started this whole resurgence of fantastic films all through the 80s, kind of a classic action movie. Um, there Will Be Blood, phenomenal movie. Daniel Day-Lewis at his prime, you know, Oscar nominated, Oscar award winning? Yeah, yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis, I Daniel think. Daniel Day-Lewis won, won, I think, for best actor. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it is a fantastic movie, but when it comes down to just sheer watchability and sheer enjoyment, it's Terminator for me, seven days of the week. Yeah, I get to say that well. I think Terminator has not only the bigger impact on pop culture. Oh, yeah. Although, like, There Will Be Blood is an amazing film, so creative, very well acted. It's not something you're going to watch, like, every other day. I, myself, I watched There Will Be Blood at least once a year, just because I really like the movie. But you got to be in the right mood. You can't just put it on in the background, unless you're that person that kind of <laughs> likes hearing, like, I drink your milkshake when you're doing things in the background. But, yeah, yeah Terminator all the way. Okay, Agreed. next pairing. Big Daddy versus Knocked Up. So Big Daddy being the Adam Sandler movie, 1999, which I thought it was like maybe in 97. Yeah, or I was thinking it was earlier than that, or mid, mid 90s yeah. at some point, but I guess so, 99 makes sense. Big Daddy versus Knocked Up, obviously the huge Seth, Seth Rogen, Rogen comedy. masterpiece, just amazing. Launched his career. Yeah. I have an affinity for Adam Sandler movies, but I'm going to think I have an affinity up. for Adam Sandler movies before 2005. <laughs> um, but yeah, knocked up for me as well. I mean, Seth Rogen just at his best. As much of a, a bitch as, uh, what's her name is? Um, who's the Go, oh, uh, Catherine Heigl. Catherine Heigl. Everyone, like there's a reason she's basically not seen in... Hollywood anymore and it's because of this movie. Is it but, this movie or was it another movie? Oh no, it was this I movie. I thought this movie like no, gave her jumpstart that every movie she did after this was no, like you're it a was bitch to work with. This movie because she and Seth Rogen and um uh who's his uh, who's the director of the movie? I'm trying to remember. Um oh no. Uh uh that's why we have laptops. That's why we have laptops. Uh Judd Apatow. Judd Apatow, yeah. Yeah, so she and Seth Rogen and Judd Apatow were at each other's throats on set the entire time. She just started started calling them every name in the book. And Judd Apatow and Seth Rogen basically blacklisted her from every one of their movies. With this kickstarting an already good career for them, blacklisted from Hollywood, basically. And she yeah. was in some very minor parts after. I think she had one or two starring roles in, you know, kind but of... They were shitty They were movies. really they were like not bad good movies. Or do you, what was that... Failure to launch, I think, was uh, one, uh, or like, I don't even it's not remember. Not even worth saying. Anyway, yeah. I think we're agreed, though. We're agreed, though. I, I love Big Daddy, and it's actually a great story in terms of Adam Sandler movies. It is yeah. one of the it's got some levels. top three, it's top like, five. It's funny. It's you know, it's got, it's got, some got that little bit of things. endearing side to it. But no, knocked up just all the way through. Not to mention Paul Rudd, right? Still one of the best bromances in that film was just between the two of them that randomly popped up yeah. because of the sisters. And it pretty much kicked off so the Judd good. Apatow phenomenon. Oh, hundred percent that. Years to come. So yeah, yeah. Knocked Up knocked up. wins that pairing. Oh. Training Ready for day. this, son? Ready uh. for this? Yeah, go. Training Day in 2001 
versus Beauty and the Beast 1991 original. <laughs> so completely <sighs> man opposite movies. Literally could not be more polar opposite. And the reason these picking these pairings are so hard to choose from is because I imagine anyway that like you're wiping one off the face of the earth. Yeah, it's right? tough. Okay, let's let's break it down. So Beauty and the Beast 91 epic literally animated, like one everyone's like top five yeah, animated movies of all just, time it is i mean on that whole disney pixar bracket that came out during march madness beauty and the beast was in like the top four in yeah. a good number of those brackets yeah one of the best disney films by far you know true disney pre-pixar uh fantastic voice acting incredible incredible storyline yeah. you know there's a reason that the remake with emma watson did as well as it did in live action that it's been on broadway god knows how many years how many yeah. universal shows like this is just an iconic iconic movie but training day it's fucking it's training, training day, day. <laughs> right Denzel Washington. My man. My man. My man. Literally, a week ago. <laughs> yeah. A week ago. Kevin invites me over to play God of War. And I'm like, dude, when I get there, we're getting Pizza Hut. And he's like, yeah, you want to get some stuffed crust pizza? I just sent him the gif of <laughs> Denzel Washington. My man. My man. That's it. And we just, you know that film. King Kong ain't got shit on me. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, well, maybe this, we're biased because, A, we're the we're, demographic for yeah, Training Day. Yeah, we really are. We're in our late 20s, early 30s, males. Yeah. Uh Phenomenal movie won Denzel the Oscar. Won Denzel the Oscar. I don't know. If it was robbed of best film. Robbed of best film. What well, got best film that year? Uh, Two thousand one best film. I think it was Crash. Was it Crash? Uh, no, Lord of the Rings. Uh, Fellowship. Uh, Not best on. film. No, hang on. Uh, Those were like nominated. Yeah, two thousand one. Uh, best film Oscar. We are looking at Glad. Oh, Gladiator. Oh, Gladiator. <laughs> so it yeah. wasn't robbed of Maybe Best Picture. <laughs> um, <okay>. but, <laughs> but still, yeah. very good movie. Like, one of the best Denzel Washington performances. One of my favorite police, like, crime films of all yeah, time. Yeah, well, because it was, it is very much that one that was different from the rest of the, you know, buddy cop kind of. It was really uh, gritty and it raw. It was really I remember that scene raw. of Ethan Hawke in. The drug dealer's house. Yeah. When Denzel goes in there, it's just like, just wait here, I'll be right back. And he just skips out the back door and just oh, leaves, leaves him, him there. there. And yeah. he's like, Yeah, man, I think uh I think I'm gonna get up. He's like, no man, stay a while. Where are you going? Chill with us. And it was just like <gasps> Yeah. You're just waiting for someone's throat to get oh, cut. Man. Uh but Beauty and the Beast, man, that like an entire generation of children was and will be raised on that movie it's true i mean the fact that that movie now is what 27 years old i can't believe it's 91 90 yeah it feels I like it was, it was older, older. Yeah, yeah yeah but um, i think that's because we're jaded because we see the classic disney movies as being from the 80s from the 60s even from the 50s yeah. when you're looking at things like robin hood but yeah beauty and the beast 91 i mean for me this is the thing from a sheer watchability perspective i would watch training day over beauty and the beast but as an iconic film, something that will influence and continues to influence young people, it's got to be Beauty and the Beast for me. Really? Yeah. So for me, I go from uh, like a film artistic perspective because I'm somebody who makes films. I run my own little small business called Rated Par Media where I make, you know, promo videos and short films for for you know small businesses where they're they're promoting deals or events of the week or whatever and that came from a love of film and acting when i was a young age and wanting to get into filmmaking at some aspect i hope to make a short film someday mm -hmm. but from that aspect alone this film is one of those movies that like inspire me as an artist and as a creator don't get me wrong, nothing against Training Day. I love that film. I've seen it probably at least a dozen times since it came out. It's more so the impactfulness on the generations that Beauty and the Beast has. That is a worldwide phenom film that there is no debate in my eyes has impacted far more people than Training no, Day. No, you're has. right. It's impacted more people, but I'm just speaking Spurred from personal reboots? preference. Well, is there a reboot of Training Day in the works? I vaguely They remember. wanted to do a TV show. A TV show. That's what it was. I remembered that. I don't know about that, but uh, it just kind of got stalled out, I think. 
it, it's tough. Like, I really can go either way on this one. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think what I think the verdict is going to be, personally, we love Trinity more, but globally, you can't compare. You just can't. I mean, I think Beauty and the Beast is going to win this. Yeah. And I can't believe I'm saying that. But I think a lot of people would probably agree. Yeah. I think the bro dudes out there would go, you fucking soft! But that's the thing, right? Is it's... It has to be, we have to appreciate our own choices, but we also have to take into account the fact that, you know, that movie is a true icon in the in every sense of the word. And to be fair, I mean, we all love Training Day. Be our guest. Be our guest. Motherfucker, be your what? To the be test. your what? I'm tired of these dancing motherfucking candles and T-pop. I'm a kill all of you. That would be pretty great if Denzel Washington... Was like the beast. Oh my god. In that would India. be phenomenal. No, actually, him as Gaston. Just like oh. a black Gaston. Just like no, Denzel, gun out Not even Gaston, it's just Denzel Washington. Just Denzel just Washington. In like the ponytail <laughs> and the costume getup. And he has, uh, what's his little sidekick name? Um, uh, oh god, I know, yeah. Le something? Uh, Le, Lefebvre? Lefou, oh. Lefou. Lefou, yeah, yeah, he Lefou. has Lefou at his side. And he just like, motherfucker, I'm going to run up on this beast. He just like gets to the castle, looks at the beast, goes, eh, 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 eh. Oh, God. Oh, that'd be awesome. Okay, be so amazing. we're going to give it to Beauty and the Beast for sheer like, impact <sighs> on the world. And I think in the hundred year test of time. Hundred year test of time. Well, let, let's, we'll, we'll maybe that's exaggerating side. because film is in, like in like 20 to 30, 50 year, 50 year time. 100 year test of time is not that much. When we look back at some of the films from the 50s, those are 65 year old movies and we would still pick some of those. Okay, true. Beauty yeah. and the Beast is going to win Beast. over Training Day. So I'm just curious because uh, Beauty and the Beast wins 45% of its of all matchups on Flickchart. Wow. So that's an interesting just statistic to throw in there that... Out of every movie it goes up against, it just barely gets squeaked out. So I think this is going to be an easy one. Yeah. Incredibles versus Transformers. Yeah. Yeah. Except I will, I always give the first Transformers its due. I think it is a good movie. It is a good action movie. Start to a franchise. Yeah. And that's the thing is the franchise has made billions of yeah. dollars. It, I mean, it, it, we're, it, we're it has its demographic yeah. and its fat overweight Americans who just and and Asians and Asians who yeah. love to see love CGI robots. robots do their thing because what if you're like of course you do of course you do uh, but the the qualities of those films obviously snowballed after one but yeah. I do like one for what it did I actually but, went back and rewatched one not that long ago because it was on Netflix and you know just have it on in the background as a background action movie it's phenomenal. You know, when something comes on that you just see and you want to be able to just quickly take five minutes away from, you know, whatever you're doing, if you're working on uh, firing off some emails or something, and you look away and you see a great action scene between Optimus Prime and Megatron, and, you know, you can get lost in that world yeah. a little bit. But then you get into the, you know, the weird side of the films with just, you know, that forced, awkward romance between him and Megan Fox, where you know that would never ever happen in the real world yeah but it's one of those things where like i mean the whole like i the second one was they went way oh, up to the God. top with like almost S subtle racism with the robots oh yeah uh the third subtle. one <laughs> yeah the third one i actually for all the fucking explosions and actions i thought the third one's final fight act was really well done i'm trying to remember so third one was dark of the moon that was yeah when yeah. they switched megan fox because she shit the bed and said spielberg was a hack yes um, yeah uh and they replaced the girl with some english supermodel i forget her name yeah but the battle scenes in the third one was really well executed I it thought. was like yeah. you had that big worm omicron oh, yeah. that went through the buildings and stuff i thought that was all pretty cool yeah. and i thought that i mean you know it's always an easy out to say like oh if they made they went deeper to the characters of the characters of Sandwood Wiki like you could. They yeah. could have just made it a bit more serious and made it, made it more interesting. Yeah. There's always been this long standing thing about the Transformers movies that they focus way more on the humans than the Transformers. Yeah. But anyway, The Incredibles is pretty much like the best version of the Fantastic Four we've ever had. Yeah. It's one of the best yeah. Pixar movies we've ever had. It's actually probably the most <laughs> yeah. accurate description. It is the best Fantastic Four movie we've ever had. Um, yeah. One of the best Pixar movies around. I mean, it's 
14 years later, the sequel is coming out. Everyone who was 12 years old, 14 years old, 16 years old when that movie first came out, we saw it in theaters. So we are the first ago. people in line. Yeah. Tickets at the ready to see Incredibles 2. And we don't even know what it's about, really. Have you seen that meme going around where it's like, the first, like, when I saw Incredibles, and they were like... Oh, yeah, and you're the kid, kid in the movie theater looking then, up like, the screen. And like, when I saw Incredibles 2, just like some old dude. <laughs> some old dude just eating popcorn and, like, nattering in line. Yeah. yeah. All right, oh. so Incredibles, Incredibles wins yeah. Transformers. For sure. Uh, ooh, wins 58% of the matchups for Incredibles. Yeah. Just, oh, fuck. Oh. What is with these... <laughs> oh, epic oh. animated movies going against wow. epic dramas. Okay, here's going to be a hard debate. Yeah. The Lion King. The, the OG of the Disney catalog against The Sixth Sense. You know what? I'm going to make this easy. Lion King. I mean, yeah. It just, like... Uh, but... But... Uh, uh, <laughs> it is, like, the best... It's so... Like, <laughs> apart from Empire Strikes Back apart, with, yeah. with Luke, I am your father. It is the one Bruce of the most Willis iconic lines. Turnarounds. The Bruce Willis cliffhanger at Sixth Sense is one of the best twist endings of all time. Oh, yeah. I remember, actually, so my story with this is quite funny, actually. One of my friends, Jamie Blair, and I, uh, Jamie, when he was growing up, his parents had a cabin on Bowen Island. Little island, uh, just a little bit, what is that, northwest of uh, Vancouver. Yeah. And that cabin that they had ran on generators, and they had to shut the generators off at 9 o'clock every night because, obviously, they wanted to save gas. Because everything in the entire place was run on that. We were, I want to say 10, maybe 11 years old uh, when Sixth Sense came out on VHS. And they set us up on the VHS player on, like, a 12-inch TV in the basement with the bunk beds. And we decided to watch the Sixth Sense. And the generators cut out... Right as they walked down the stairs and all the people were hanging from the ceiling. Needless to say, neither of us <laughs> had a wink of sleep that night. That is one of the most iconic memories of me growing up watching films yeah. was that. In the perfect creepy setting with the wind against the walls and just everything with that. But at the same time, it's Lion King, man. I know, but this is going to be the problem with this process is that like... I think anything that Lion King, Aladdin, I was kind of surprised. I, about. I don't agree. I, there are going to be things that they go against that I'm going to go. This is a clear, yeah. Op, like okay, Lion King, Shawshank. I mean, if you, you know, okay, yeah. but like if you said to me like Training Day, Beauty and the Beast, my first reaction is to say Training Day, but then when you break it down, you're like, well, Beauty and the Beast deserves. But that's the thing is, and this is kind of the weird thing is Beauty and the Beast in Lion King are on the same level. I don't think. Like <sighs> Lion King is Lion King is better is on that pantheon, is substantial pantheon. But right, Beauty and the right. Beast has such a cultural impact. But it's Lion true. King not only has a cultural impact, but like with fucking steroids behind it because yeah. it's been a musical. It's, it's been, been live action, live action, or sorry, will be live, will action. be live action. Speaking of which, Donald Glover, so excited, yeah. childish. Oh my god, um, inspired so many stories out of it an yeah. amazing soundtrack that we still sing to drunk at karaoke today oh, yeah uh, there isn't a person our age who doesn't know every single word of hakuna matata yeah uh and sixth sense is really affecting like the first time i watched it, it fucking scared the shit out of me and i still it like, is uh, it, it's up there in the pantheon of psychological thriller films. i just wish it was not against it's almost like like i'm trying to think of a of a metaphor or a situation where like yeah, well, it, let's Infinity War. It's like if Captain yeah. America is just walking up to Thanos, or he's just like, "Let's do this," and just, or, or like a tournament's gonna come up, a versus tournament's coming up, and Captain America walks out, and was like, "We love you, man. We love you." And then Thanos just goes, "Tun, tun, tun." It's like, "Well, fucking hell! Why are you putting me up against this fucking juggernaut? That's not fair." It's true. Anyway, it really is. Okay, Lion King Lion winning King over winning six. Over and, six, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh well, this is a lot easier because <laughs> I haven't easier. even seen this one. Oh, you haven't seen First Night from 1995, starring Sean Connery. Oh, good. And Lord. Richard Gere. Yeah, I don't even know what that movie's about. An empire lies in the balance. 
I actually remember this movie. My dad introduced this movie to me what, really? late 2009. Yeah, he he really liked this. It was around the Dragon Heart uh, era for Sean Connery films, and it was it's not a bad movie by any stretch, but it's definitely not great. But there is one nice feature here, which Kevin and I are going to use right now, is the haven't seen it feature. So Flickchart actually has the ability to not only compile the list of our favorite movies, but to eliminate films that one or both of us, although probably that's not going to happen, haven't seen. <laughs> so in our case, I can't be the deciding factor here because it's just not fair. Suddenly we're going to get a movie that Kevin hasn't seen going up against something that's yeah. very bad, but I have a tie to, so I'm going to put it first. And also, have you seen Cars? Of course I've seen Cars. I have not seen Cars. You've not seen Cars? Yeah, everyone told me it was so awful and bad. Oh I've seen parts of it. Oh my god. Okay. So we'll have to concede on We'll both concede of these. both of those ones. Car yeah, for me, Cars would win that one just because it's cars, but overall, yeah. yeah. Um Okay, so next pairing, uh 1980, Shining, you know, Jack Nicholson, one of the greatest films. Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick, just everything amazing. Uh, Winter's Bone, I haven't seen. I don't actually know what that movie is. Uh, Winter's Bone is a drama. It was at the beginning of Jennifer Lawrence's, like, superstar uh, career. It was okay. one of her first, like, on the map, like, wow, this woman's beautiful. She can act. She can be super realistic and she her, can eat pizza she can eat pizza mm. um but yeah it's a really good drama that kind of like helped to launch her career but the shining is that is not even a fair contest oh no it's the not shining a fair contest wins. but i haven't seen winter's bone so we have to eliminate oh. it all right that's true so what's gonna go up against the shining it Going is up against raging bull son oh, of a bitch wow much like, oh, much closer. Much but, like that movie, oh. it just up. We just got uppercutted in the face. We did. Uh, okay, fuck, fuck. It's it's not though. Oh, you don't even don't oh, start with me about just, how close this is. It's close. Don't get me wrong, but it is. Uh, I'm going to argue that it is equal, equal in its creativity and effectiveness, and sheer powerhouse mm -hmm. of a movie both films yeah. have had huge impacts on the film community oh don't it get me wrong it has influenced directors for the last 15 years and it'll influence directors, directors for the, the next, next 50 years 50 years yeah, no it will it's scorsese you know we just quickly it's a 95 percent rated movie it's it's just this it's how the, many oscars oh, did God. it get nominated for uh oscar noms that see. year was like huge for Raging Bull. It got for nominated for like six Academy Awards. Awards, eight Academy Awards: Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor, Supporting Actress, Cinematography, Sound, and Editing at the 1980 Academy Awards. It won for Best Actor and Best Film Editing. But De Niro, I mean, now yeah. look how many Academy Awards The Shining was nominated for. Well, The Shining... That did that. Just do it. I know. I know. Was nominated for, what, one Academy Award? Pretty sure. Awards and nominations. Uh, oh, no. Never mind. Zero. And what was it nominated for? Shut up. It was nominated for a Razzie. Yeah. Two of them. Worst Actress and Worst Director. Wow. That one actually shocks me, though. Okay, so when The Shining first came out, everyone hated it. See, I wasn't around in 1980, so I wouldn't know. I'll defer to the old <laughs> man in the room. <laughs> I was born in 87. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, yeah. So when The Shining came out, first off... Uh, oh, fuck. The author who wrote the book. Um, oh, God. Oh, God, we're idiots. Wrote we're it, such wrote. idiots. Stephen uh, King. Stephen King. Yeah. So Stephen King already kind of outright said like he didn't like the movie mm -hmm. because it wasn't a faithful adaptation of his book, The Shining. They took some stuff out. They alterated a couple things. Mm -hmm. And then when it came out, it's one of those classic tales of a cult film. Yeah. And that when it came out, critics panned The audiences didn't get it. Yeah. People didn't really like it that much. Kubrick's style was really weird and, and kind of all over the place for people, for that generation at that time. Mm -hmm. um, but as time went on, it got this cult following and then it really 
sort of appreciated with time and the more the years went by the more critics and film fans alike were just in awe of the movie and how it did creative things in film and jack nicholson gave one of his best performances yeah the, that woman though i still can't stand to this day oh no ah! 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 yeah yeah i hate her um but yeah. it took a while for that film to get going and to really grow and to really get its audience. Well, it did. Raging yeah. Bull, though, right out of the was gate. like right out the gate. It was the some people will say it was like the movie that made Robert da Robert De Niro's like star status. Even though he had the he Godfather had, yeah. Part Two. Oh yeah, he um, definitely had some uh, some really strong. Actually, no, Godfather Part Two. I think it was, was after. Actually, after. Yeah, yeah. So it was. Um, it's also the movie where he famously got put weight on for a role, which yeah. no one which really no had, one had done had at that, that point. Time. Yeah, uh, which that performance alone inspired so many actors, still inspiring all like 30, 40 years of actors. Yeah, getting into that role and actually, you know, kind of the birth of, um, uh, oh, what's it called when you get into so into a role that you live your life that way? Method acting. Method acting. Yeah, birth of method acting for him. And actually, well, method acting was well, method invented, acting had existed, but he really but took he, that to the forefront. Yeah, took it to like the A Academy level. Award level yeah. uh, of getting it on that seminar. You know what? But this yeah. is going to go down to artistic preference. I think The Shining is a more creative movie. It and the whole thing for me aspects? is The Shining is something that. And again, it kind of goes into that, you know, not pantheon by and any you, stretch. And you can't... This, the thing with The Lion King and The Beauty and the Beast was its effect on the world next to those movies, it's you true. couldn't even compare. No, it's true. These, These ones, ones are, are literally, literally probably even. the same even. Yeah. So it goes down to creativity. It goes down to preference. Oh, Yeah. I think no matter what we picked, people would be like, you fucking idiots. It's true. And also, I actually just realized, same year, 1980 for both films. Oh! They came That's up. right. Yeah, so same year for both movies. Academy Awards, same year for both movies. But I, I think you've uh, you've swayed me here. I forgot Raging that it was Scorsese. I forgot that it was Scorsese with Raging Bull. My heart wants The Shining, but I like this I is think... the thing. Is again, I would watch The Shining, but again, it, no, I wouldn't because it's The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> it the argument doesn't. Even, no, it's Come Raging Bull. Play with us, it's, Danny. Yeah, Run, I think it's agreed that Raging Bull Raging knocks Bull. out. The Shining. It Who does. Have thought? I know, right? On Going paper, into that, I'm just like, oh, it's The Shining. And I'm like, no, it's just not. So I think I get a point for changing your mind. Yes! Versus one point. Ding, 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 ding. Um, yeah. Okay. That is Bam. a point for that. It's oh. <laughs> Weird. Okay. So that Lilo happened. Lilo and Stitch versus The Ring? 2002 movies. Both, again, same year, but... And this is a thing for me, and this is an un unpopular opinion, which I don't get. I love Lilo and Stitch. Oh, it has an audience. It is fantastic. It is bar by far and away, just also from an artistic direction, the most accurate representation of humans in any movie ever. Like actual proportions that are correct. And there was the, a big the, study the that was done on that. Dick. Yeah. The little girl. The little is girl a is an asshole. She's yeah. a she's a whiny, screamy baby who like punches people and like hurts people nails doors shut to prevent her mom from being able to get in the or her sister yeah, from being yeah, able to get yeah, in the house yeah. but, but the ring has the its ring, audience too the like ring if definitely you're a horror fan audience. that's a lot of people's top well ten. and the ring also was a big introduction to the horror scene for a lot of people to from japanese horror movies to japanese too, horror movies yeah because it, yeah. it well yeah because and this is also this is oh this is the ring it's not ringu but no. Yeah, well, but the, the ring still, is the is the American is the Americanized remake. remake. Yeah, but it was well, it like and this one for me to this day is still one of the scariest experiences I've ever had seeing a movie. Yeah. And I saw this in broad daylight in a YMCA youth center, <laughs> and it was still one of the scariest experiences Dude, I've ever I, had. Dude, there's something about seeing horror movies in the day. Yeah, that it just fucks with you. That's a bit creepy because I don't know at night. Because, like, the night hasn't happened yet. So, like, yeah. especially if something happens at night, you're like, oh, fuck, the night's coming. Yeah. Worst case scenario is you get out of a movie just as dusk hits, and then you're, like, walking home by yourself. There's something scarier to me about being, like, having a scary moment happening during the day than at night. Because it's expected at night, but yeah. not expected in the day. That's why in Signs, when oh, that fucking yeah. alien moves from the, uh, the tall wheat, yeah. I freaked out because I was living on Pender Island at that point. 
in the Gulf Islands, and it is very much like a farm island. Yeah. And like I walked and drove past that kind of shit all the time. So oh, I was yeah. like, in the day, I'm like, there's gonna be aliens, it's gonna pop into the fucking forest. Um, but I don't really have an opinion either way. Yeah, I, I'm kind of 50-50. Like, I think for what it did for for that type of filmography, The Ring is a fantastic movie. Lilo and Stitch, it goes back to that whole thing. I can rewatch that movie a bunch of times. Um, this and, comes down to personal preference. Yeah, the personal preference for me, you know, I'm not a big horror movie guy, I'll be honest there. It, for me, One of the better ones, though. It is definitely one of the better ones. And it's one of the ones that if one of my friends says, hey, I want to watch a scary movie, I will always go, hey, have you seen The Ring? And they'll answer yes or no, and then we'll watch it accordingly. But for me personally, it's Lilo and Stitch. I just, I really identify with that being one of the best, just, it is kind of one of the better Disney movies of that era, but it's so underrated. Yeah. Like, people drop it down way below a lot of other movies. Yeah. Um, And it was Disney, you know, by themselves again. Like, this was after the whole Pixar era when they had started teaming up, and this was one of their returns to disney true animation and it was really good i think i'm gonna agree with you i like it is very underrated and my partner amanda would fucking kill me if i said the ring was better than lilo and stitch because it's one of her favorite animated movies as well i'm with i'm with his partner on that one um yeah uh the ring did start that whole fate that phase of like american remakes of japanese horror and it did that very well like there were some really great horror movies that came out in the five years that followed the ring you know there was the grudge with um, yeah. um tire oh, not <laughs> halle berry no it was um, it was the grudge was with uh buffy what's her name buffy the girl the lead from buffy was it yeah um i don't know why i'm blanking on that right now uh well, yeah, The Grudge was, again, yeah, Japanese uh, version of it, uh, Americanized one. Oh, yeah, you're right. It was with... Um... Come on. Oh, my gosh. Where the hell is it? We can do this. We can do this. Sarah Michelle Gellar. That's the one. Oh, wow. <laughs> I just looked. Yeah. Total right. off. Yeah. So, let's say Lilo and Stitch, Lilo Stitch for under being underrated. Being underrated, being just a generally good, just good feel-good movie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All right, next one up. Oh, oh shit! Wow, this Battle. is gonna be a good one, guys. This is gonna be a good one. Ding, ding, ding. We have probably one of the most quoted comedies of all time, Zoolander, against probably one, one of the most, most quoted, quoted comedies, comedies of all time, time. Super bad. Uh, you want to take this one? Yeah, I'll start off on this one. Ah, uh, <laughs> man. <laughs> This is oh god. I think I already know my pick. I think I do too. But do you, three, two, one, three, two, one. Zoolander. Zoolander. Yeah. But but, but why, credit though? where credits due. I, I think the thing for me was that Zoolander is and still is infinitely watchable. Yeah. There is just there are so many aspects to that film that are incredible. Whereas for me personally, with Superbad. 70% of the movie, the first 70% is great. And then the end just, it's it, storybook ending. I just, I don't really know what it is about it. I love the movie, don't get me wrong. 2007, this actually was the first movie that was my rated R film that I snuck into with my friends. No way, yeah. really? Uh, oh no, sorry, it was the second one. The first one was a 40 year old virgin. But yeah, this was the second one where we snuck into, where we bought tickets for a different movie and we snuck into Superbad because we wanted to see it that much. So I feel the importance of these films really comes down to which one you grew up with or affected. Because the yeah. generation that really grew up with Superbad, oh, that age range, yeah. is pretty much what, what we grew up with for Zoolander. in Zoolander. Yeah. Again, being in the late 20s, uh, or like I'm 30 or 28. 28. So when Zoolander came out, 2001, we would have been like... Grade seven, grade nine. I was 12, so yeah, going into grade eight for me. Yeah, and I was just going to grade nine, so this was like the start of the high school experience. Seriously, it's still quoted to this day, but you have no idea how quoted this was in high school. Everyone... If you wanted to fit in with people, oh, you quoted this you movie quoted it. at the right time, you got a huge laugh, you were getting your dick sucked. That was it. Probably. <laughs> like, 12 <laughs> years old. 
Well, I don't know. Well, maybe. Okay, 14, 14, 12. You know, some no, of us different. were yeah, late, some of us bloomers. late bloomers. <clears throat> yeah. You've got to use Zoolander to get in there. Um, yeah. No, I, but, I agree with that, yeah. Yeah, it, but super bad is super important to a lot of people. And I love that movie as well. I think... I mean, it started the it started the careers of Michael Sarah not so much, but definitely Jonah Hill. Definitely Jonah Hill. Uh, definitely, definitely McLovin. Oh yeah. Um, and by the way, McLovin, that fucking quote was Man. that was a, that was like a three <laughs> year yeah that was like a three that year was a three year thing where people span. were changing their name. To oh, McLovin. it's you, McMuffin. McMuffin. Um, yeah. Lots of quotes from Superbad. Lots of quotes from Zoolander. Yeah. But and I'm actually rem- like trying to remember. Ben Stiller, pre-2001, pre-this movie, he was not doing well. There wasn't a um, lot of movies that he was really in. Well, no, he has a weird career because Ben Stiller was like a writer-producer for a long time. He had like the Ben Stiller show, which I can't even remember what network it was on, yeah. where there were skits and funny things, where I think Zoolander came out of originally. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, he directed and wrote a couple movies before that. I think Mystery Men was before this. Mystery Men was before this. It was two years before. Yeah. yeah. And then... Oh, something about Mary, of course, as well. Oh, yeah, that was a huge hit. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, he had the bit part in Cable Guy, bit part in Happy Gilmore. Yeah, so he'd been around for a long time. He'd been around, but, but this, this, this was, was like, like his, you know... On well, the, it was this and Meet the Parents. Because Meet the Parents led into this. And then it was... Really? It was before this? Meet the Parents was the year 2000. So he was on a roll. He Well, that's not really a roll. That's the start, and then this just cemented it. <sighs> yeah. Right? Like, there's something about Mary started it. Mystery Men was a bit of a dip. Uh, Meet the Parents back to form. And then with this, it was just go from there. You had uh, Zoolander into Royal Tannenbaums, into yeah. uh, Meet the Fockers, into Anchorman, Dodgeball, Star he wasn't. Hush. He had like a small part in Anchorman. He had a small part in Anchorman, but it was still a bit part yeah. in what was and is to this day one of the most quoted films of that era. Yeah, also, I mean... Zoolander, like Will Ferrell as Mugatu. Oh, yeah. Is... And the supporting cast as well is just massive. Although, to be fair, real introduction of Emma Stone in Superbad. And That's true. And instantly just became this, not sex symbol by any stretch, but like the girl next door that every guy in high school yeah. was like, where's my Emma Stone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? But yeah, um, for me, it, it's Zoolander. It's just so... Although, does the sequel take into account in any way? Have bloody god awful the sequel was with we won't mention so, zoolander 2 we're not talking no about we're not zoolander talking about zoolander 2, 2. we will never again talk, talk about, about zoolander 2, 2 unless it pops up um <laughs> yeah but man yeah. super bad really like was the first time you really saw real our generation's real experience of being in high school and what that process well, is like and, like not R-rated by any stretch, but kind of of that comedy, you know? It oh, was, it was R-rated. Super bad? Oh, yeah, I guess it yeah, was. It yeah, it was. Um, Zoolander yeah. wasn't, I don't think. No, like Zoolander was definitely PG-13. Because there was nothing really but taboo here's about the, that. But here's the question. Why? Because arguably these two films are both on the same scale as influence, comedy, 100%. memorable lines. Quotability. Why do we lean more towards Zoolander than Superbad? Wow, that's a really good question. Like why are we so comfortable just because it's leaning a walk that off. way? Oh fuck, walk off. It's a walk no. off. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think. Yeah, I think for of, me, what it comes down to is supporting cast. Um, you've got, uh, like you said, um, Mugatu. Uh, oh my god, why am I blanking on his bloody name? Will Ferrell? <laughs> Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. You've got uh, Owen Wilson, Ben Stiller. David Duchovny. David Duchovny was still one of the better cameos that he's Billy ever had. Billy Zane. Billy Zane. Uh, we had... Um, the late, great... The late, amazing... Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> everyone's going to hate us. We already forgot David him. Bowie. Yeah. Yeah. The late, great David Bowie. Like The supporting cast in that film was outstanding. Although, to be said... Then super bad. You've got Michael Sarah. You've got um, McLovin. You've got Seth, Seth Rogen, Rogen. Bill Hader. Emma Stone. Wow, this is really tough. But it's like we both said it. It's Zoolander. But like I'm but trying to why? figure out why is the reason. I think because although super bad 
has creative writing. Yes. Great jokes. Great jokes. It's still just people in high school doing the same thing. Yeah. It's following a trend of films that have been going on forever that started with Animal Party, Animal House, yeah, and Animal has House. continued on in different iterations. I've still never to this day seen a model a comedy based on supermodels that worked this well and it's never been done but no. never been attempted to be recreated or even tried to do anything like it yeah since zoolander super bad though there's been tons of high school comedies high school raunchy comedies in oh, different iterations and different styles not another but there's only one pie. zoolander there's it's only true. one zoolander only one movie like zoolander it's true nailed it done Zoolander, you win. Super bad. I still love you. I still love you as well. I, I will really still watch you. Nothing this but, hard comes up next. Man, please give us an easy one for once. Here uh, you go. Yay! There's an easy one. The battle of the shitty action movies. Although no, not shitty action movies. Like oh wait no, never mind. Shitty action movies. I, well, one's I thought, not even really a fucking action movie. One's I thought more that an... said two, not returns. Oh, so we have. <laughs> <laughs> the very unpopular Superman movie, Superman Returns, 2006, versus Angelina Jolie, Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, the original, 2001. Okay, so right off the bat, I want to get this going, because like, Lara Croft, Tomb Raider has a, like, it's so cheesy and bad, it's good. And especially the first one. Yeah. Right? Like, it had those tropes. And to be fair, still one of the, not definitely not by best by any uh, stretch, but legitimately cool opening action set pieces of her in the tomb with that giant robot fighting each other. Yeah. Just re kind of cool sequences. But for me, the reason... Okay, Superman Returns for me is a, is a weird experience because I am a huge fan of the Chris Reeves Superman. Like, yeah. my mom... Uh, introduced me to that film franchise when I was really young. It was one of my first memories of seeing a comic book movie. Yeah. It has inspired generations. Oh. It's definitely inspired comic book movies and how they're made to this day. 100%. So when they said they were making a sequel to the Chris Reeves Superman, yeah. I was super on board. I remember seeing teaser trailers. When that first trailer came out and I heard that John Williams score, I still yeah. get chills from from listening to it. And I saw it in IMAX on opening day with my mom. Wow. And there were... And upon rewatching, yeah, it doesn't have staying it doesn't power. It doesn't have staying power. It is not an action movie, which I can't... And, like, then they did Man of Steel, which was like, fuck any drama yeah, or character development. screw all of this. But it was a fun idea in that let's try to pick up where Superman 2, Chris Reeves' Superman left off. Yeah. But the thing is, what started to really bug me when I tried to watch this, because a lot of people give it flack because they're like, it's a Superman film and there's he doesn't even throw a punch. Yeah. It's so, like, emotional and not depressing, but just, like, boring. And it's just, like, Superman pining over Lois Lane because if you have never watched Superman Returns, the basic plot of the film is that at the start of the movie, he, like has been gone for five years or so. Yeah. He took off into space to try to see if there's any evidence of Krypton left in the galaxy. Yeah, anything remaining. So he's been gone for five years, just kind of left, didn't tell anyone. So Lois Lane at this point moved on. Has a life. Married, has a kid. Yeah. And Superman comes back and is like, oh, and just like, you didn't wait for me. And just like has these kind of almost borderline stalkerish creepy scenes where he's like floating by her house and just like watching them <laughs> like an x-ray vision yeah. um but some really beautiful sequences like when he's just floating in space and like listening for trouble and flies in yeah. like had had a good like had a good heart for what it was trying to do but ultimately it was just like the execution just wasn't really there no but know. also what this is what really bugged me was my point was seeing brandon routh as superman i was like that's not Superman. No, it's not. He he wasn't he even wasn't. muscular. No. I mean, you see the extras on the DVD, and he worked his ass off. He was super oh, he buff, tried. But on film, yeah. he literally looked like a bartender down the street that put on a Superman outfit. Like, you couldn't even see or see any... And, like, Chris was Reeves no wasn't a built dude, but no. he was, like, 
strong. He was strong. Yeah, he had a he had he a, had the shoulders, shoulders, he had the upright chest. back, yeah. and he was just like, "Excuse me, Zod, would you care to step outside?" Like it was like your dad like staring somebody down to your kid, being like, "Holy fuck, this guy's not." Yeah, my dad around. is my dad is scary. Yeah, yeah, so that's what kind of Superman should feel like. And I remember yeah. watching him just being like, "You just look like a kid. You're just a dude." Yeah, and like. No, he's not. Yeah, he's a dude. Yeah, he's not a man. He looked like a young boy. Yeah. and not a man. And yeah. that's what bugged me the most. It looked like reverse aging, especially when it was supposed to be like years after years Superman after two, Superman and even two. Chris Reeves Superman at that point, he would look like a man, like yeah. he was manly in his stature. And and watching Brandon Routh, it was like looked like he de-aged, and I just like it. It, it missed just didn't a step. Click. Yeah. Um. I just remember like because the whole thing with this for me that I always remember is the Superman Returns poster. Where he's like looking down on everything and he yeah. looks like he's just wearing a skin tight bodysuit and there's no muscle definition of any kind. He's not Superman. No. He just isn't. Like credit where credit's due. Brian Singer, fantastic job as director. Yeah. Right? The script, Some sequences. Some, well, directing, right? Yeah. Like directing can only do so much for a script, right? But overall, fairly good. But Brandon Routh just, it just, it never fit for me. Whereas even to this day, Angelina Jolie, I can see as Tomb they Raider. did a version of Laura Croft where you were like, yeah, yeah, and like that it's kind of funny works. because like I felt like Tomb like Tomb Raider just came out of like <laughs> like guys everywhere, just like just like yeah, nerd you guys. Know, you know, it would be really hot, Angelina Jolie and some latex. Croft, yeah. yeah, she just wear a fucking latex ponytail braid, ponytail and, braid really and be suspended from the ceilings in white. Uh, uh pajamas and that's it <laughs> yeah and, and like to her like, credit she like she, i mean there wasn't much of a deep character study with those old because it was basing laura croft off of the old computer games yeah where there wasn't much character development she literally was a girl with a ponytail and short shorts that just ran through like eight bit maps and tombs oh, and just 100%. like shot things and went through traps um yeah so but i don't know like good supporting cast i can never remember the guy uh, the guy's name who she stars alongside with um john voight played her dad but who was the guy who played um the uh the nemesis um was it uh ian glenn yeah ian glenn oh right yeah. who's he playing game of thrones uh in game the of bear. thrones he plays no 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 he plays um bear island guy yeah bear island guy uh, umber island guy yeah um yeah and he, he's been in a bunch of things obviously he was in all of the uh resident evil films as uh, not as wesker but as you know the doctor for resident evil apocalypse and extinction yeah and he was a really legitimately good bad guy but again it was just kind of a weak story but the thing for me is that they're both weak stories but one of them is executed to be an enjoyable film. Yeah, more entertaining. More entertaining. Actual action set pieces. Yeah, and right? Superman Returns just kind of feels like a student, like a film student making an homage to, to, a, Superman. to Superman without like trying to make it go anywhere. And we're, we're not even going to get into Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor. Oh, yeah. Because no. that's just horrendous. That's just horrendous. But I guess for all around appeal, entertainment, good action... We'll Just, go with Tomb Raider. Yeah. It's like, it's Battle of the Bad, but yeah. And our next... Next pairing. Oh. oh. Not even close. Oh, no. Not we, even close. Little Mermaid. We finally have one that's yeah. just easy. Little Mermaid versus 2001 Planet of the Apes, which yeah. was Tim Burton's... Tim Burton's... Horrible I've remake. I've still never seen to this day. You should watch it and remake. laugh your ass off. Yeah, no. I just but don't even care. Little Mermaid's gonna win that. <laughs> another battle of the shitty movies yeah. star wars episode two attack of the clones versus van helsing which was another kind of reboot although i don't remember there ever being a van helsing movie yeah i think it was more so just like old cult uh films around van yeah. helsing and maybe like some one-off tv movies or something yeah something like that but van helsing really brought it into the main screen um hugh jackman, hugh jackman action yeah role, actual from, role well apart from wolverine was already action role yeah well yeah well he, yeah. he already had a, a good uh filmography base but it was really a just kind of a one-off like hey can we make this work kind of movie yeah um so we'll, we'll just skip that because i think i think attack it's of the clones wars. for me yeah it's, it's, it's shitty but it's star it's wars it's shitty but it's star wars that and, story saga yeah and the whole thing for me is that movie inherently is not bad it's just their love sequence that's just derailed so everything. cringy yeah so cringy all right, all right. next up Oh. oh okay i think we got a good versus for this one actually maybe not i think we're both gonna i think we're both gonna it. say it. okay yeah. so this one 
I think we'll leave this as our final one. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's a good one to end on because it is, again, battle of culture, battle of significance. Yeah. So this is going to be our final debate for this session, and it is Rocky 1976 versus Back to the Future 1985. Now, Back to the Future is one of my top movies it doesn't say it in my top 20 list yet yet because i haven't gone through the aggregator that much but yeah. it is one of my favorite movies of all time it will trump most things that it comes up against but rocky holy shit yeah. even just the story of how rocky got made yeah deserves accolation oh, deserves itself. everything um but I'm obviously going to go with Back to the Future. And I think yeah. you will too. I am too. Yeah. So maybe this shouldn't be our final one because it seems it kind of be. one-sided. It, it, it's unfortunate because it shouldn't be as one-sided as it is. But, but it, for it's our taste. culture, it's yeah. our taste. You know, style of movie. <sighs> uh, but, but yeah, for our style of movie, for our taste, like it just, it is. It's Back yeah. to the Future. And maybe someone who was like a big sports guy, big into sports movies, could argue against oh, Back to the Future because 100%. the fucking, it, first off, won an Academy Award. Yep. Uh, Back to the Future didn't. Sure. Uh, Stallone's process for getting the movie made is Hollywood legend. Oh, yeah. Airy. Oh, legendary. Uh, legend. Airy. Airy. Uh, yeah. How he was a struggling actor, writer, couldn't get anything made, was living like in the worst possible conditions, dirt poor. People offered him seven, ten, fifteen thousand dollars for this script. He said no because he wanted to be the lead actor in it, and everyone wanted to buy it and say you could be the writer, but you couldn't act in it. Um, took a long time for him to get the film made, and then finally someone took a chance on him. Yeah, and it sent him into superstardom. Um, superstardom, and is one of the most influential sports films of all time. One of the most influential movies of all time. Great quotes in it. But for me, Back to the Future creatively. Quotes, lines, style, pop culture relevance. For me as well, score in Back to the Future. Yeah. So good. But, I mean... would fucking be mad at you because he made a good album out of remixing all those... <laughs> Rocky anthem. It sucks because we're like we're like Rocky's amazing. We I love it. I feel like amazing. if Rocky it was loses. up against another film, I would be arguing against it. But yeah. I think for you and I, Back to the Future is too strong a film. I think what against. we need to do at some point in the future is take a revisit at some of these movies that are in these tough pairings and make it sure that they get a fair shot. So what we can actually do with Flickchart as well is select a movie that we want to put in our movie listing, and it'll keep ranking that until it finds the place where it goes. Um, and so it's really cool for that respect because it allows us to actually narrow down what is our top 20, what's our top 100, what's our top 10, you know, look at all those films that we see and we're like, yeah, those are pretty good pairings, but you know, it's going to be a little bit more one-sided here, but this movie is fantastic. We just need to find a place for it to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's definitely on the tougher side. Uh, and especially for us because you know, we are such nerds. We appreciate pop culture and geek culture, but we also have a love for the Academy films. Uh, I know I, there, in my case, there was actually an experience that I had, I think it was in 2010, no, 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 2008, um, where I watched the Academy Awards and I watched every single film that was nominated for any Academy Awards, except for the documentary ones, just because I didn't really have time. And I did a whole follow-up uh, article where I actually wrote everything about what my thoughts were on the academy what i thought was going to win what <laughs> was what, what i believed was going to win what i wanted to win and then of course what actually ended up winning and it ended up being this massive like 15 page thing obviously should have been doing my you know prep for my chemistry organic 231 final <laughs> but decided that this was more important and i think looking back on things in the chemistry field that i am so clearly in uh not that uh, this was obviously a more important use of my time. Um, and so in our case, finding a movie that we really think is going to be a fantastic pairing to end things on is going to be good. But even if it's one-sided, you know, things might actually end up just a little bit nicer in that respect. And of course, we'll be sharing our top 20. Uh, there'll be a yeah. link that you'll be able to uh, take a look at. 
We know this is the first session that we've done. It's not going to be accurate. Uh, there's going to be movies on there that probably won't even be in our top 100 in a couple of weeks. But for the time being, this will at least put things in a little bit of perspective and give you an idea of what uh, what we kind of see as some of uh, the most influential, most pop culture relevant, and of course, some of our most favorite movies of all time. Exactly. Yeah. Well said. Um, I'm trying to see if we can end it on one more debate, but I've been going through them just this last little while. It's pretty one-sided. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's... Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to go through a couple more here. Yeah. We'll just... Then... We'll rattle off a couple of quick ones. Goodfellas, Hotel Rwanda. Goodfellas. Goodfellas. Hannibal, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Ferris Bueller. Face Off, Jurassic <laughs> Park 3. Face, face off. off. Face Off. Face Off. Return of the Jedi in 2003, Hulk. Eric Bana, POS. Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Fellowship versus Cats and Dogs. Not a contest. Not even close. Napoleon Na versus Hannibal. Napoleon Dynamite versus Hannibal. Napoleon. Yeah, pop culture significance, Napoleon. Oh, Big versus Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Big. Big. Happy Gilmore oh. versus Mean Girls. This one I think we can actually do. I think we're going to be in the same boat on this one, but we can make an argument. Oh, See, maybe we, we're not. Oh, really, Kevin? Well, it's obvious. Well, it's for us, it's going to be Happy Gilmore. Oh, is it? Oh, no! Oh, oh okay. This will be the last debate, guys. I don't know, because it's, think... it's close, but I don't know, man. Okay, don't get me wrong. So, also, a bit of backstory here. Uh, my dad actually worked on Happy Gilmore. He did the second unit. What? Yeah, he did the second oh, unit on that. Oh, my God. Uh, it was shot at Furry Your Creek. Your dad will be rolling around right now in his non-existent grave <laughs> uh but uh yeah my dad did the second unit work on happy gilmore a lot of the long shots that you see the uh, uh the balls flying off tees uh, those are helicopter crane shots that he actually shot with them uh, a lot of these secondary character interaction shots those were all done by him as well Mo the majority of the movie i think all of it actually was shot in vancouver um there were parts of it that were done at the furry creek golf course which i grew up playing on so i recognize a lot of the different uh, holes that they use for it um but and it, it is great like don't get me wrong i think it's actually my favorite adam sandler movie of all time there, there's a little place in my heart that holds something for Little Nicky, and I don't know why. I love Little Nicky. I love Nikki. Little Nicky. It's not it's better so than Happy good. Gilmore. It's not better than Happy Gilmore. Happy but Gilmore, to me, is like his best comedy. I put true. it slightly above Billy Madison. You know what? And this is the thing. is I think if Happy Gilmore was Billy Madison, there would be more of an argument, but you're right. It is going to be Happy Gilmore. Again, though... And if we, and I don't mean to say, you know, if you're guys, you think this way, if you're girls, you think that way, but you'd be a little naive to say that if there was a woman arguing this, they, I think they would probably most likely be for Mean Girls because it speaks to a gender. It's pretty gender specific. I mean, like, I love Mean Girls, but it speaks to women more because it puts <sighs> in that experience a bit. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I mean... It, it is something that I still do get a lot out of. I love this. I'm actually planning a trip to New York to see Mean Girls on Broadway. Nice. The Tina Fey production just because I'm so excited for it. Yeah. But, and oh God though. So I'm trying to make fetch happen, Gretchen. Yeah, it's got a lot of good it's memorable lines. so many great things. But I've just personally grown up and yeah. have had Happy Gilmore in my life way I, more. I, I think that's the thing there is that Happy Gilmore was eight years before Mean Girls came out. Yeah. We grew up with that. You know, we were seven, eight, nine years old. It was a kind of a raunchy comedy, but without too much of a raunch. Um, it didn't have a lot of the... I don't even know how to describe it. Just mainstreamness, I guess is a better way, a good way to put wrong, it. Price is wrong, bitch. bitch. <laughs> <gasps> tap it in, tap, tap it, in. it in. Just tap, 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 tap it Don't you want to go in your home? Answer me! Suck my white ass, Paul. <laughs> yeah. Shoot him again. Shoot him again. Uh, yeah. Someone I mean, just... knows how to putt. No, it's, no, like, it's somebody's, somebody's closer. Somebody's closer. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, I don't know. I, but I, Mean for, Girls at the same time, I will watch the hell out of yeah, that movie. Yeah, I will like, as well. There but are I think, so many, and like the whole Regina George character, yeah. just 
everything about it was launched so Rachel well McAdams' done. career. Launched Rachel McAdams' career. Launched destroyed Tina Fey's uh, Lindsay Lohan's career. Tina Fey wrote the movie. Tina Fey wrote the, uh, Tina Fey wrote the movie. Uh, she didn't direct it. No, she wrote, it. wrote and um, produced it. Uh, produced yeah. and uh, supported an actress role in it as well. Um, but yeah. Made Rachel McAdams' career, destroyed Lindsay Lohan's career. Well, I don't think that destroyed it. That was like no, kind that of was launching just, it, and then she destroyed her. Yeah, her own exactly. Career. She destroyed her own career. It's too bad. Yeah, because it, it is. Uh, and this is the thing. Again, Mean Girls is going to beat a lot of movies, but yeah. it's Happy Gilmore for us. I think we're in agreement on that one. That's another point to Kevin for him. Yeah, because I was in the Mean Girls camp, but uh, just remembering so many aspects of that, it's just so done. And I, I love that Chubbs is like. A oh. reoccurring character in like the Adam Sandler universe, like he was you in can Little. You can do it. Well, like he was in Happy Gilmore, then he dies, then yeah. he's in Little Nicky, and then he dies. No, he's just in heaven. He visits heaven, and he's there. Oh yeah, he's in heaven. He got my hand back. He got my hand back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh no, that was in, that was in Happy Gilmore. No, no, that was also in uh, in Little Nicky. Oh right. Yeah, because yeah. he was in heaven, and he was just like the guy who played the piano for the Three oh, Angels yeah, for Drew yeah, Barrymore yeah. and everybody. Uh, God. Yeah. So I think we're going to give it to Happy Gilmore. I think so too. And that is the end of our first versus episode. I might change it to Flick, Chick, Flick Chart Debate. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like a lot of things are called versus. There's nothing really called Flick Chart Debate. It's cool. It's true. Um, hey, it's your segment. I'll defer to the expert on this one. <laughs> I just like verses because one word titles. Yeah. You know, it's true. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. But, anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode and this vlog podcast of the Rated Par podcast vlog. It's kind of trying to do two vlog things cast? at the same time. Vlogcast. Yes. Vlogcast. Thank you so much for listening to this, guys. Uh, if you want to see the video of this, if you're listening on the podcast, you want to see video of us talking, go to Facebook, look up Rated Par Media, or on YouTube, Rated Par Vlogs. If you are watching this... <laughs> And we're only putting a snippet of this on uh, on Facebook because we're going to break this up in parts. If you want to hear more of our stupid nerdy debates, find the audio version on podcasts wherever they are available. Rated Par Podcast. Thank you to my co-host, G. Rose. Gordy Rose. Happy to. Thank you. I am Kevin Parr, a.k.a. Rated Par. And as always, guys, put down the remote and go watch a motherfucking movie!